0: Teach your children well. When I was a child, my grandfather read me the following and many other stories from Aesop's fables. Some people pronounce it Aesop in Kentucky, it's Aesop. (laughs) Once when a lion was asleep, a little mouse began running up and down upon him. This soon wakened the lion who placed his huge paw upon him and opened his big jaws to swallow him. Pardon, O king, cried the little mouse. Forgive me this time. I shall never forget it. Who knows but what I may be able to do a turn for you some of these days. The lion was (laughs) tickled at the idea of a mouse being able to help him, so tickled that he lifted up his paw and let him go. Sometime after, the lion was caught in a trap made of rope, and the hunters who desired to carry him home to the king alive tied him to a tree while they went in search for a wagon to carry him on. Just then the little mouse happened to pass by, and seeing the sad plight in which the lion was, went up to him and soon gnawed the ropes that bound the king of the beasts. Was I not right? said the little mouse. Aesop's moral from that is, little friends may prove great friends. Little friends may indeed prove great friends if the powerful lion can resist the full exercise of its power Respect the courage and chutzpah of the little mouse and allow it to go forth and live its life. Live and let live. A valuable lesson from Aesop, who by most accounts was himself little by stature, perhaps physically disfigured enough to be described as extremely ugly, and who spent at least the first years of his life in service as a slave. He lived some 2,500 years ago in Greece and was probably of African origin. Some sources say that Aesop probably obtained his freedom at some point, uh, probably due to his ability to tell stories of wisdom and became an advisor to a king. Many of his stories remain famous today, having contributed many familiar phrases to our lexicon crying wolf, slow and steady wins the race from the tortoise and the hare, also the concept of sour grapes. They are among the best known. The common element in almost every fable is the use of animals as characters. The tortoise and the hare, the fox and the crow, the ant and the grasshopper. That has the obvious advantage of being understood by children at a very young age, along with the additional attraction of talking animals. If you or your children have seen movies like Bambi, Finding Nemo, The Lion King, Ice Age, or Zootopia, well, you get the point. And they certainly entertained me as a child for that reason. My guess is that Aesop's fables may have gained him his freedom and subsequent fame because his benefactors saw the value in teaching their children such valuable lessons with these entertaining stories. We also have to remember that Aesop didn't write these down. They were written down many years later, so he was telling them a whole lot. So if we can learn wisdom from Aesop's fables... Which of Confucius's three methods do we use? His first was through reflection, thereby strengthening our ability to analyze and keep what is useful and valuable from our sources of information. In this story, we can reflect on the motives of each of the players, the effect those motives have on their actions, and the value or lack thereof that results from these actions. The mouse is at first careless, And crawling across a lion. The mouse escapes danger through his wits and later gets a chance to repay his old nemesis for a good deed. We can also learn by imitation. Whose actions would we imitate at some time in the future? Perhaps a little of both. Cleverness, along with generosity of spirit, can take one a long way in this world. And then there's the bitter lesson from experience. Perhaps the mouse will be more careful where he crawls next time, and the lion, perhaps he will be more wary of traps. In our lives as children, if we are fortunate, we will learn from all three methods and from many sources. In our own church's religious exploration program, we give our children valuable lessons in living a kind and loving life based on our seven principles along with an excellent source of information about the religions of the world from which wisdom stories abound. And we teach them about the stewardship of our environment, Altogether, so many ways they can help make our world a better place. The recent bridging ceremony gave us exemplary proof of the success of our programs as we watched Taylor and Grace, two talented, motivated, articulate, and spiritually generous young people, step out into the adult world, so ably prepared to make our world better. Along with, I suspect, nearly everyone else in the room, I was moved to tears as they sang their song. I think we would all sing a song with them anytime so we could know their minds. We all have our songs to sing, literally and figuratively, and we can learn from each other as long as we share and listen with open hearts and minds, assuming best intentions, ever ready to reflect, to discuss with respect, to imitate that which seems best for us and to overcome the occasionally bitter experiences we sometimes face. Our lives flow on in endless song. We cannot keep from singing what is in our hearts, especially when we are in community here and with all of our neighbors. Uh, our earlier song in the second verse says, teach your parents well. In my own life, my parents learned from me. Although some of what they learned, they probably wished they hadn't. (laughs) Whether we think we want to or not, we all learn from our children, from all of our children, our own and others. As I heard Jenna say most uh, eloquently a couple of weeks back, There's no such thing as other people's children. I think Graham Nash's point with his lyrics is that we all learn from each other. His greater point comes in the final line, and know they love you. When we know someone comes to us with knowledge and wisdom to share, in the spirit of love, we are much more likely to open heart and mind, sing our songs together, and know each other's minds. I recall Danita Roundtree Green a couple of weeks back speaking at our service here. She described the Share the Plate program that she has in Richmond, where people of different ethnic and racial backgrounds come together to share a meal. And she talked of how she insisted that they sit next to someone who doesn't look like them and someone who isn't in the same age group. I later shared with her my experience as a high schooler attending a youth conference in Columbus, Ohio, where a featured speaker was the the then very successful Ohio State football coach, Woody Hayes. And the only thing I remember from that speech, to this day, from his speech, is that he rarely learned anything of value from someone his own age, but from those older and younger than himself. In this day and time and political climate, we are too often pitted against each other, simply because of our differing views. We are polarized as a society to a greater degree than at any point in my lifetime in our nation. There is so much money to be made and power gained, it seems, by refusing all compromise and resorting to winner-take-all politics. Perhaps things are not so much different than in Aesop's time when he pointed out in the moral of one of his stories, we hang the petty thief and appoint the great one to public office. I believe we still have much to learn from each other, even when we are on opposite sides of the political aisle on one issue or another, or even many. We still have so much more in common than separates us when you get right down to it. Even in our own UUA, some of us have spoken to each other with disrespect, rather than engage in reasonable discussion. I heard a UU lady say the other day that if you get three UUs in a room on any issue, you're sure to get at least four opinions. (laughs) That is not only true, but it is at the essence of what drew many of us to this faith. It is in our nature to question, to discuss, and to share our opinions, usually in committee meetings. (laughs) Folks, we have to get along with each other so that we may indeed learn from each other. We cannot let the bitterness from experience harden our hearts as we build walls between us. Let us never see the day when we are known as the wall builders in this society. We are the bridge builders. We use comprise a little less than half of a percent of the nation's population we must stand united to affirm and support the many issues where we all agree while we work out our differences in the spirit of love and respect. We must set the example of successful cooperation the rest of the world can then hopefully emulate in order to stay true to the principles which brought us together. In closing, I told you I'd keep it short. I refer to Aesop's fable of the tortoise and the hare. The hare allowed his arrogance and overblown sense of assuredness to lead him to a false sense of security and a humiliating defeat. Let us reflect on his flaws and the strong character of the persistent, determined tortoise and choose wisely which we choose to imitate. And let us conquer the bitterness of experience with love and respect, assuming best intentions from our brothers and sisters in faith, in community and in the world. We affirm the sharing of many wisdom sources as we will continue to explore over the summer in these services. Let us work to direct the arc of the universe toward justice, in part by supporting by our support of providing a quality education to all, rooted in freedom and the democratic process. As we share the cool, refreshing water of wisdom from our many wellsprings, we learn, and we teach. Come sing a song with me that I may know your mind. Please rise in body and spirit as we sing hymn number 347. Gather the Spirit.